When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. A call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 218 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Happy Father's Day for, for, to you folks, to the fathers out there. Um, yeah, it is like uh, Saturday night here at like 11.15. I'm recording this. Yeah, nothing like waiting to the last minute. Uh, yeah, I was going to... Oh, I was going to do it yesterday when I got home from work, and then I was, eh, you know, whatever, I got too comfortable, and then, oh, and then I was going to do it today, but I worked this morning, and then this afternoon, I just kind of did a few things around the house, and I was sitting in the chair in the nice cool basement, and then just ended up, like, falling asleep for, like, three hours, um, so yeah, and then I went out to my, and then I went into, into the city, and hung out with the old man, dropped some beer off, and whatever, sat there for a few hours, uh, watched the remainder of that shitty-ass hockey game, and then, uh, uh, came on home. Um, yeah. Uh, wife's upstairs coughing and hacking away and doing report cards. So I figured I'd hide down here and talk to you guys for a little while. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know, the Sunday episode here. I, I don't know. Um, I wrote a few things down in the truck during the week as I do, but, um, I don't know. Just kind of, eh, you know, um, I hope everybody went back and, uh, uh, last episode of Wednesday, I had the champ was in Daniel Amesbury. Of course, he was the Ice Wars champion, and uh, yeah, he was he was fun to talk to. We not only talked about Ice Wars, but we talked about his uh, you know his minor his junior and minor league career, and uh, he told some funny stories. And uh, it was a great guest. I enjoyed having him on, and uh, I look forward to see Ice Wars too. See him defend the defend the crown or however they're going to do it. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it's been officially announced, but uh, it's already been put out on social media, so it's not like I'm, uh, you know, uh, you know, breaking any taboo rules here, as it's already been put out there. But uh, once again, Ice Wars Two will be happening again in Edmonton at the River Creek Casino, August sixth. So uh, once again, hopefully, I can uh, I can work some. You know, August is pretty tough in the summer, but hopefully, I can work some uh, some some magic and, and get the time off and. Uh, I'd like to head down there again and check it out, see round two. I think that'd be uh, pretty interesting, and it'll be interesting to see um, uh, uh, the guy. Well, I already know. I won't throw it out there yet, but I know there is there is a, a former minor league tough guy that has signed up and, and uh, is ready to go, and he is new to the. He'll be new to the roster. Um, I will not. Uh, 
I'm not trying to be coy or anything, but I'm not going to throw it out there until uh, I'm not going to spoil, um, you know, any of the announcements or anything. So um, I won't do that. Um, but I think um, I know talking to Daniel privately and, and a few other guys, um, there are definitely some guys that want that are interested now. I think. I, <clears throat> well, I don't think I know. I think uh, the guys were waiting to see how the first one went. They're just kind of like, okay, let's see if this all goes through and you know that it actually happens and the checks clear and everything else and then and then we'll see what happens and i think once they saw that it was uh it went through and it was on pay-per-view and and, and what have you and now it's um i know there's a few cats that came out of the woodwork that are interested so um it'll be interesting going forward um how the second one shapes up are they gonna like i'm assuming they're talking about weight class and like i think they're really serious about the weight class thing um, but it'll be, so it'll be interesting another tournament. Like, does Dan, does Amesbury fight in the tournament again, or does he fight the winner, or like, does he have a separate fight? Like, I know Morasti and him had the little square off there at the end of, uh, Ice Wars, the first one. So does that mean, uh, Morasti and Amesbury fight in a, in a, like, a title bout? Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, Morasti with, I believe, there's a second season of Shorzy being recorded and everything else. So, I mean, who knows if he's even around for the August 6th pay-per-view. I have no idea. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of questions, uh, you know, going into the second one. But uh, nonetheless, there is going to be a second Ice Horse so, um, in Edmonton on August 6th. So, I'm, uh, hopefully, I can get down there again. And I had a lot of fun at the first one, meeting everybody and uh, and, uh, and, and just, just taking it in live and, you know, filming it. I put a bunch of it up on on my Facebook page, and uh, you know, and I'll do that again if I'm if I'm uh, able to get down there for the second one here. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, um, one event um, that I want to talk about though that is coming up on June 25th. Um, it is the uh, the Titans Boxing Club, which is owned and operated by uh, Dean Mayrad out in Cold Lake, Alberta. Um, they're having an event at the Cold Lake Energy Center. And it's a, uh, it's a boxing event. And it's going to feature uh, two pro fights and then 16 amateur fights. So, and you're sitting there telling me, why, why are you telling me about this, Darren? Well, let me tell you. Um, no, well, not only is Dean my friend and I want to promote his event, um, but the very own, our, the cowboy, Curtis Swanson, is going to make his boxing debut. He is one of the amateur fights. Uh, so that'll be next weekend. So uh, looking forward to see how that goes. I know he's been training for a year and a bit here at the, at the, at the boxing gym. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a new challenge for him. And uh, I know he just, you know, old Swan, he just likes to compete and fight and get in there. So um, if anybody listened to my uh my interview with him leading up to Ice Wars, he talked about his boxing and his sparring, and uh, yeah, so he's been taking it really serious here for the last year year or so. So um, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Curtis's amateur debut. Um, so if, uh, if you're in the Cold Lake area, uh, please support the event. It, it, like I said, it's the 25th here next weekend at the Energy Center, uh, 18 bouts, and then uh, some a live band afterwards and, and all that. So I think it'll be a fun night. Um, obviously, if you are if you can't make it, um, it is actually going to be on YouTube. It is going to be live streamed on YouTube at the Titans, that's T-I-T-A-N-S, Titans Boxing Club uh, YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to the channel and uh, watch the live feed. We can all uh, let's all check out and cheer on Swan Curtis Swanson as he makes his boxing debut in uh, in the amateur fight. So that that'll be kind of cool, I think. So yeah, Titans Boxing Club. There you go, uh, June twenty fifth, Cold Lake, Alberta. So uh, and if you can't be there live on YouTube, uh, yeah. So that that'll be pretty cool. I believe it's. I, I was. I was thinking, I'm yammering away telling you all about it, but I don't tell you the time. Actually, I'm glad I looked that up. Four o'clock uh, is opening bell. So uh, so four o'clock p.m. at Cold Lake, Alberta. So, you know, go on Google and check your time zones. But, um, yeah, and again, I'm not sure when, when Curtis is fighting. Obviously, it'll be in that in that earlier time frame because, you know, obviously the, the two heavyweight pro fights will be last. So, um, yeah, 4 p.m. on the 25th. On YouTube, Titans Boxing Club YouTube channel. So there we go. 
Um, speaking of YouTube, ah, and this one hurts, folks. Um, I got a message today that uh, uh, Paul from who runs the uh, has the Hockey Fight UK channel on YouTube. It's been around for about eight eight years. Um, um, yeah, it's been around eight years. I don't even know how many subscribers, 10,000 at least, I would assume subscribers, thousands anyway, for sure. But I think it was over 10. Um, I know he had over 4,000 videos and, uh, yeah, out of the blue, YouTube shut his channel down, erased it and it is gone for graphic violence was the reasoning, um. You know, and it's just, uh, and it's, you know, he's just another one in the long line of fight channels that are going down. Um, and I feel, and I feel bad for Paul. And, uh, cause I mean, like I said, eight years, put a lot of effort into it. All those videos, I know, um, you know, and a lot of those videos, um, again, the history has gone and, and, that, and that's British hockey history. And it's not like, oh, it's a bunch of NH, oh, it's a bunch of Probert fights, you know, and 30 other people have them up on YouTube. It's like, no, that was a one of a kind channel with one of a kind footage. That was Paul's stuff from the teams. It's no one else has it. It's not out there. And it's gone. And a lot of the older British stuff Paul was telling me is he never, it, he doesn't have any backups. That was all the footage he had was he just put it onto YouTube. And now it's gone. And and it's not like, oh, I have the tape. I'll upload it. I'll make a new channel and upload that. He doesn't have it. It's gone. He, he never, he didn't back it up. And, um, or never got around to backing up that certain, the older stuff. And, uh, yeah. So there you go. British, the BISL footage is gone. And, uh, once again, we lose history. Um. You know, first it was Drop Your Gloves going down. Then it was, well, first it was Fried Chicken Fight Site going down. And then the Drop Your Gloves site went down. And then HockeyFights.com erased their message boards. And that's all history that was 10, 20 years old. With the stories and the newspaper articles and the clippings and everything else. And it's just like, and it's gone. And it's, again, erasing history. And, uh, you know, and especially over in the UK, like I said, it's not like it's NHL stuff where a bunch of people, different people have it. And one channel goes down, you know, another one picks up the torch and off they go with the, with the NHL stuff. No one have this UK stuff other than Paul. And, um, yeah, and it's really unfortunate. And Paul's a really good dude. And he did a lot for the community, you know, not only for the UK fans that, you know, um, because he, he was right up to, it wasn't like me, the old, you know, the old bitter old shit that doesn't put anything up past, you know, 2004 or anything. Like, no, he had, he was right up to date with all the stuff. So, I mean, as soon as you wanted to see anything, he, he was the guy to see. And, um, and if you wanted to see if older, older stuff, I mean, he was your guy. And, um, you know, I, I know the very first BISL DVD I ever got was from Paul and with VL and, Mike McWilliam and Bezo and Paxton Schulte and all those guys. And it was like Clayton Norris and to see all that stuff was great. And, um, to know that's not out on YouTube anymore is, um, you know, as a fight fan, it makes me sad. And I know there's a lot of pissed off UK fight fans right now. And, uh, and I know all of us have been blasting YouTube here all day today, uh, giving them shit. And, uh, and hopefully they can, you know, restore his channel. I mean, I'm not going to say ne never say never, but, uh, that's pretty tough sled and get YouTube to do anything because the problem becomes everything's automated. It's not like you're talking to a human. That's the thing. It's not like he could just pick up the phone and phone some 800 customer service number and, you know, plead his case and whatever. It's just like, it's just an algorithm and boom, it's no warning or nothing and it's gone. And, and like I said, the bullshit, oh, graphic violence. It's like, oh yeah, okay, so are you going to shut down the UFC's YouTube channel or the WWE's YouTube channel or the NHL's or the American Leagues or, you know, like, or any of those channels, hockeyfights.com, is their YouTube channel going to get shut down? Is mine? Like, you know, oh, graphic violence. Meanwhile, we can have, like, the news putting murders on and, I mean, uh, the one guy, uh, I enjoy his channel, the ex-cop, the donut operator guy. I mean, he's got body cam footage of shootings and everything else on YouTube. And I mean, 
his stuff's on there. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but I'm just saying, I mean, you, you're going to start throwing around the word graphic, the quote of graphic violence while there's, I mean, there's street fight channels. <laughs> so what, what, this is a game of hockey. Like, I mean, okay, you can call fighting and hockey violent and well, it is violent. I mean, I'm not saying it's not violent, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a game, like part of the game. No, I mean, you can argue whether that's good or bad, but I'm just saying it's part of the game right now. And uh, so it's not like he's putting anything out of the ordinary up on YouTube. You know, it's not like, oh, it's him and his friends kicking the shit out of each other in their backyard or something. Like, you know, although those YouTube channels exist too. So I don't, you're, but like I said, when you have the NHL and the American Hockey League with channels showing hits and fights and whatever... What, what all of a sudden, what's, why is he, his, him and George and Steve and there's been a lot of guys with their channels getting shut down. But meanwhile, there are how many more, well, mine's still around, you know, you know, I don't know for how much longer. Because I mean, the last month and a half, YouTube's been giving me grief. I've already erased 400 videos over some copyright. I don't know what the copyright thing was. But I erased all the copyright videos, which were 400 and some, but I, um, they're still giving me shit. So I don't know how much longer my channel is going to go for. Um, so I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's another, it's another chapter of fight history being erased. And uh, yeah, and it's really unfortunate. And we're losing all of that. And... Uh, you know, like I said, if you're a fight fan, it's not good. You know, I mean, I'm sure the general fan, they don't give a shit. I mean, whatever. They don't get it. The young kids, yeah, whatever. Bunch of 90s fights, you know, I wasn't even born yet. You know, they don't have any sense of history or they don't give a shit. So, but to older fight fans, um, like myself and Searson and, well, probably the majority of people that are listening to this show. Um, yeah, it sucks and it's another blow. And like I said, it's not only just the loss of history from a selfish reason to not see it anymore, but I, like I said, I feel bad for Paul and for George and for Steve and, and all the guys that put in time and to upload it, you know, for no, you know, financial gain or any gain on their part, but they, they're fans and they wanted other fans to see this stuff and they shared their footage. Now I know there's lots of guys that have, oh, they have great stuff and they sit on their footage and they don't share it with anybody. Yeah, that's a prerogative. I mean, that's fine, whatever. But, you know, but these guys had this stuff and wanted to share it with the world. And they sat and took time out of their life to upload it. It takes a long time. Nowadays, it takes a long time. It used to be really quick. But now it takes a long time to upload shit to YouTube. Not a long time. You know, you know, five. It's it's a bit of a, you know, five or ten minutes. Yeah, about five minutes. Which doesn't sound like a big deal. But you put up five or six fights. Well, now you're half an hour, 45 hour long process. Well, you know, so it does take time. So, um, yeah. And like I said, for no gain other than to share it. So, um, on one hand, I, you know, I feel super, like I feel terrible for Paul. I, you know, cause I know, well, at some point the way they're going, I'm sure my channel will get erased too. And yeah, that'll, that'll suck. And uh, but the thing is, is like I have all the DVDs. I can watch all that stuff. I have all that stuff. I can watch it. Um, I, like I said, I feel bad for the, you know, the not only the fans but the players who might have been in the fights that enjoy seeing their stuff up. And yeah, um, so no, it just it sucks. And YouTube just, you know, like I said, I tweeted at them and whatever. And you're you're. It, it's Bush, man, what you're doing. Like, you're just picking and choosing. Like I said, if you if you don't want the violence on your platform, okay. But erase it all then. But like I said, HockeyFights.com's still up there. UFC's still up there. There's police shootings and everything else on there. If you're, if you're really that concerned about violence, well, you better do a mass sweep of your platform then. You know, instead of just picking and choosing. I mean, I know it's all automated and probably algorithms at this point, but like at the very least, then if that's the case and your algorithm's that sensitive and it's not really a human doing it, it's just the computer doing it. Okay, whatever. But then have a support system where a person can phone and talk to a human. I know that's 
crazy in this day and age, but with a company, but you know, like I said, this, this guy, we're not just some goof with two videos, got his videos shut down. Oh, well, whatever. People can't watch him play Pokemon or something. No, this is someone that put in eight years on your platform with over 4,000 videos. Like, don't tell me there's channels that have that much. Oh, we just have boatloads of channels that have that much content. No, I know you don't. You don't. So that the algorithm just wiped that out. Nah, he just won't can't talk to anybody about it. Nah, it sucks to be you. Like, really? This person has, you know, put in eight years on your platform, and that's the, you know, that's your level of customer service is a shoulder shrug and wow, computer said, like that's terrible. So. I really hope that gets straightened out and we can get it back. And like I said, for selfish reasons, from a, from a fight fan standpoint, yeah, that's history, man. I'm tired of seeing history get erased. And for though, I've had a few people asking me, and I, like I said, I didn't want to throw it out there until Steve was ready. But Steve, of course, when Probert was king.com, um, for the last year and a bit, uh, was raising money to start a new drop your gloves site. Um, he has been, and he hired a programmer. He has been successful. The site will be coming back up online shortly. You know, as with any first launch, it has its bugs that need to be worked out. And him and the programmer, and uh, he has put the beta, I think it's called a beta site, I believe, was where people could go on there and just kind of, he, he opened it up to a few, you know, whatever, Fight fans that that are going to be contributing fight cards and that type of thing to it, and it was basically here like work around the site and just see what because there's obviously bugs in it, and it's like you know tell me what's going. So people were throwing out suggestions. Oh, you should do it this way, that way, whatever. And that's kind of what's happening right now. But it's in its fin- final state, and it'll be called the Fight Chronicles. That's what the new site is going to be called. And I know he wants to have it up sooner rather than later. It's coming here shortly, and. Um, and I hope people will contribute to the site. Also keep in mind that you're not, it's not just going to be drop your gloves like, oh, it's it, like it never went away. Well, people forget that that drop your gloves site was around for that final site, that site that you were looking at right before it went down. Well, that site was 15 years old. So that had 15 years worth of history and people inputting into that. 15 over those 15 years so that's why there was so much data and so much information on that site what was 15 years old and people were you know so when this new site comes up obviously it's a brand new site so it's not going to be oh i can go look up joe blows fucking box scores from you know from 1961 i mean you know give it some time but i know steve has talked to some of the contributors of the older fight cards like I said, that stuff doesn't fall out of the sky. You need there's people that have collected that data through libraries and newspapers and everything else over the years. Um, he has tried to track those people down who did all that um, initial data entry into the original Drop Your Love site over the years. He has tried to track them down, and hopefully they will. Because again, it's not just oh, there you go. There's all the WHL fight cards from. 1960 to present like no it's not going to work like that um it takes hundreds of hours i can't even imagine how many hours it would take to input all of that so yeah so the new site is obviously going to be that new and uh please bear with but uh at the same time if you have anything that you can contribute fight card wise or whatever uh please get a hold of steve um or get a hold of me, and I could put you in contact with Steve, and uh, and and if, if here's your chance to. Well, I was just talking about with Paul and them erasing history. Well, this is going to be a, a, a way to, uh, uh, once again, document it and create history, because um, you just think now, like I said, as a fight fan, what do we have? There's nowhere to go to document any of this stuff. I mean, Facebook, I mean, the Facebook group, I mean, Alec and, you know, with the Enforced Appreciation, and of course, then the Hockey Fights and Brawls page and what have you. I mean, you know, those guys try, but, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's not really the same thing. 
Also, you're at the mercy of Facebook with their rules and that type of thing and what they allow to put on there and, and such. So um, with this site, it's going to be run by fans, owned by fans, and run by fans. So um, that'll be kind of our little, you know, as a hockey fight fan, that'll be Mecca, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that being um, uh, put out on the world here. So. Um, for those, I know I had a couple people that had donated money to it and were kind of like, you know, what's going on with it? It is coming up here. I've seen, I've been on it. I've been on the site and, uh, bounced around it and, uh, yeah, it is a live thing and it is coming. So, um, and it should be up here shortly. I would think within a couple weeks. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. The fight chronicles will be your new home folks for you fight fans. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that still kills me about Paul's channel. Terrible. Um, yeah, guys, other than that, um, I don't know. I was just, uh, <coughs> well, like I said earlier at the top of the show, I was out at the parents' house there this morning, this morning, uh, tonight. And, uh, oh God, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but he's flipping, my dad was flipping back and forth from the hockey game to the, the, the rough, rough CFL game, um. Boy, oh boy. Uh, seven nothing. Nothing's going on. And I'm like, even even the announcers are just like, well, you know, you don't want to get too much going. You don't want to start too much. Just, you know, it's the playoffs and just, you just want to get out of here and regroup and there's no need for any of that. And it's like, oh God, like just, course i think it's probably craig simpson or whatever i mean he's soft as puppy shit during his career so no 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 kidding that he'd be crying about it but oh then there like i said then the scrum breaks out and oh my god then the one one ref's holding three guys Ta- oh they're just in there they gotta tackle everybody and oh my god heaven forbid something breaks out like oh so you got you know a bunch of scrums and everybody's got their gloves on and no one's gonna throw any punches it's seven nothing and Oh, everyone's, oh, if you instigate something, oh my god, whatever. And then, like I said, then they're skating off. When they kick them all, they gave them all tens or whatever. So a bunch of them are skating off. Yeah, oh, of course, two of them are going to, now they're starting to point at the avalanche, or the other team's bench, and they're swearing at each other. It's like, oh yeah, okay. You know, you know, a minute and a half ago, you're over in the corner holding on to the guy. You didn't throw us, and you had all the opportunity, you had nothing but space and opportunity. And you didn't say, you wouldn't say shit if your mouth was full of it when you're out there. Oh, but as soon as you get over to the bench though, oh, now, now you're gonna, you know, mouth off to the beat of the band. Point at everybody and oh, uh, you're lucky. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Shaking in my boots over here. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Just. Then I gotta go online. I gotta read how exciting it is. Oh, play all. It's just so exciting. Yeah. After every hit or scrub, you know, we got we got to look over at the ref and see if he saw that. Hopefully, we can we can draw a call. Oh, oh, got to hold it, and then you look at the ref, and oh, you got to shake your head. Oh, you didn't see that one, you know. And then we got to wait for the power plays. Now oh, we got to score in the power play. Most power plays wins, and you know, I laughed. I went to the box score, so I wanted to see. Yeah, fifty hits for Tampa Bay and forty or something for for Colorado. Where do they get this shit from? I'm like, holy shit! You talk about conspiracy theories. I don't know. That must be that new math or something. I don't know. Ninety hits. Uh, well, they all must have happened in the first period when I wasn't there. Yeah, because I can tell you the third period that I watched. Oh, well, there was a couple. I, I think they apologized after they threw the hit too. Probably said sorry. Ugh. But I, I don't know, I, I just, like I said, I was just watching it, and I'm watching these guys, like I said, big scrum, and they they had a, a couple guys were over in the corner, nobody does nothing, like I said, then they're melting off afterwards, and I was just saying to the old man, I'm like, it's just so embarrassing, though. I, like, I, I, I mean, I, I know, it's the episode, what is this, episode 218, I mean, yeah, there's... 217 episodes of me yelling, ranting and raving about this already. I know I'm, where's that horse? I want to beat it some more. But it's just like, 
you know, like I said, I'm sitting here. It's it's a, I'm looking at the computer. It's 11:43 p.m. I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling philosophical at this point of the evening as we almost get to the witching hour. But just like, when did it become embarrassing? When did when did sports become so embarrassing? And I guess this is 47 year old Darren sitting here in the dark and bitter at the world, maybe or something. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. And I, I have nothing against. I've always said this. I have nothing against the athletes in terms of their athletic ability. They're better than ever. They're machines. What these kids can do is amazing. Not only in hockey, but in baseball and everything else. I'm not knocking the athletes. I'm never doing that. I'm just talking about just their actions and just. I don't know. I guess it's just a different the mental approach or just the way they approach the game. I'm not take the playing ability and all that out of it. I'm not whatever. Hitting's hitting. A slap shot's a slap shot. You know whatever. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the mindset and their actions around the game, involving the game. Like just I'm watching the like you know at night here. You get home. We're having supper every night. It's just you know it's just the wife and I. You know, whatever, we'll be barbecuing or we'll do whatever. We sit down. Ah, it's usually between 5.30, 6 o'clock we sit down. Blue, you know, it's baseball's always on, right? 162 games every night pretty much. So we'll sit there and watch the Jays game while we eat supper and, you know, and bullshit for an hour or two and, you know, watch a bunch of innings of the Jays game and then usually she's marking books and I'll bugger off downstairs or whatever. But I sit there and watch the Jays and I enjoy watching the Blue Jay games or whatever. But, and then sometimes at night, which is, if, whatever, I'll be downstairs, I'll put on the Major League Network where they diamond surf and I'll watch everybody and I just sit and watch and every time you get a hit, do you have to point to the dugout and do a stupid dance and just, why? I don't, oh, every person hits a home run, oh, you gotta do a sky point, you gotta kiss this and kiss that and point here and point there and Why? Like I was, I don't, I can't remember who the guy was, but it was six one. He's on, the, and he was on the losing team, and it's like the eighth inning. There's no one on, and he hits a solo shot. The guy does a bat flip. Oh, okay, well, congratulations. It's six two now. Actually, it was eight two. Now that I think about it, it was eight two. And this dork is doing some bat flip and. Oh, he's got to go around as he's going around 30, you know, obviously he's got to, you know, high five the uh, base coach and then, oh, point at the crowd, then point at the sky and then, oh, you got to touch home plate and kiss this, cross and blah, blah, blah. You're pointing here and pointing there and it's just, it's fucking eight too. Shut up and go sit down. Like, oh my God. And watching the Ryder game tonight. Oh, after every tackle, we got to point to the bench. We got to point to the sky. We got to say something to whoever. Constantly. Meanwhile, the cl- the guy picked up seven yards, but this linebacker jumps up like he accomplished something. It's just this constant look at me bullshit. It's amazing. I I don't. I mean, I guess their whole, I guess their whole, because they're all in their early 20s now, I mean, so their whole sporting life has been on video. You know, mom and dad have always had the the phone, the video phone, I mean, we didn't have this when I was growing up, but, oh, the phone's out everywhere, and oh, we gotta, you know, we gotta friggin' videotape little friggin', you know, well, I was gonna say Joe, but God knows their names aren't Joe anymore, well, we gotta film little Aiden at every friggin', uh, baseball game and whatever else and just constantly it's just it's just this goddamn look at me shit all the time like you know and like you always throw out the old Barry Sant like act like you've done it before like oh if there's no personality that's why it's boring now like like I get well, I guess that's the well. I guess these same douche athletes are the same. It's the same douche fans watching them. They have the attention spans of goldfish, and if you don't give them bright lights and TikTok videos every six seconds, they're bored. And you know, so yeah, you have to act like a buffoon to keep them interested. I guess I don't know. Just oh, just I don't get it. 
I don't, I like, I, I, this has no ending, this whole, my rant here. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I was just sitting here, like I said, kind of staring at the roof, talking to you, and just, like I said, all the lights are off. The only thing that's on is there's my microphone light, and I'm just sort of, like I said, it's almost midnight, and I just, I don't know. I guess, what, long, long wishing for the, the days of yore? <laughs> It's not even that, it's just, I understand things change and go forward and the technology and all that, that's not what I'm talking about at all, I'm just, I'm just the personalities around the game, I, I just, yeah, they're just, you're, you're all a bunch of big mouth pussies, that's what it is, you're just big mouths, I, I don't know how else to put it, and it's just embarrassing. For me to watch, I mean, I guess some 20-year-old thinks it's cool. Savage bra, you know, I mean, I guess they think it's cool. But, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know, but. But, yeah, well, and then that was the other thing. To go back to Ice Wars, I, I, was, I was thinking of that. That was, it was, I'm not going to say it again. Whatever, I, he, I think he follows my account. And I didn't even actually know he had a podcast that was, but I'm like, oh yeah, I found out he did, and I had to go back and listen. But I was just kind of cracked me up. But he had a big issue with Ice Wars. How embarrassing it was! Hey, whatever, you don't like it? That I, okay, that's fine. Um, but oh, Ice Wars is embarrassing to hockey. Oh yeah. Okay, well, it's not hockey. It's, it has nothing to do with hockey. So I don't. Why are we? But. You're trying to make this comparison to the, all oh, the golden years of the Enforcers and, you know, Probert be rolling over in his grave with Ice War. Like, what are you talking about? Well, first of all, dial the drama down. Like, I, I, I love how the, the, some of these old time guys, like, they look at the, at the Fatios and the, and the old timers and the Schultzes and the O'Reillys and with just godlike reverence. And it's like, but it's just like, oh, they had honor, and they had this. They had, it's like, oh, my God. Like, you've, uh, you you just church this shit up so much. It's Hey, and I love those guys. I, like, I was just talking about the history of hockey fights, and I respect the history, and I try to preserve it as much as I can and, and share it with people with my through my DVDs and everything. So don't sit there and bounce back at me that I'm some, you know, I don't appreciate history as I've done all I can to preserve it on this show and in my YouTube channel and everything else. So hear me out here before I get some of these old timers jumping down my throat. But, uh, you guys, you love, I think you guys like the smell of your own farts or something, but like what delusional world do you live in? I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are thugs. Like you can call it whatever you want, but they beat people up and they were bullies. There's nothing wrong, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. There's nothing wrong with that. That was the point. That's how you win games back then. Well, to this day, you you would you assert your dominance on people physically, and it takes them out of it mentally. Yeah, that's always that's that's the point. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I wish there was more of that, and it wasn't about like. Like I, I mean, I get. No, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm talking to both sides of my mouth now. I, I get the honor part in the fact that they stuck up for their team and the logo, and they sacrificed themselves. I get that's true. That is true. Um, but I think a lot of times, what what they did, I think some people are putting way too much. Um, into it in terms of um, the honor and, and that type of thing. And it's like, well, call it what it is. Like I said, they were bullies that beat people up and whatever. Like, I, I don't, what you can call, like what, what Dave Brown did or what Dave Smenko did um, or McSorley, they, there was times to prove a point that they crossed the line and physically injured people to send a message to not do that to their team. And that's, again, that I'm not 
downgrade, or I'm not, that's not, a, uh, I agree with it, with what they did. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not saying the cross check to Sandstrom's face or anything like that, but you know what I'm saying. In terms of the enforcing and sending a message and sticking up, yes, I'm in full, wholehearted agreement with that. Uh, in, in policing the game themselves. I'm, well, you can't anymore. And that's been my bitch for uh, 218 episodes now. But uh, you can't do that anymore. But I agree with what they how they did it. And sometimes a line was crossed. And like, well, like you said, you're making omelets going to break an egg now and again. But so sometimes shit went south. Yeah. But you have to take that with the good with the bad. Or the bad with the good, I guess. But, um, yeah. Anyway, the whole point of... I don't know what I'm, I'm just, like, I guess I'm just ranting now, but, um, anyway, he had a big issue with Ice Wars, how embarrassing it was. It's embarrassing to the, to the enforcing game and to the game of hockey. And I just, like, said to him, honestly, what could be more fucking embarrassing than the horse shit you're watching now? Are you serious? You think Ice Wars is the issue? You have, you have the Carolina Hurricanes doing a storm surge at the end of a game. There is professional athletes playing duck, duck, goose. When Tom Wilson went and slapped the Rangers around the, last year, what did the Rangers do? Their owner wrote a, and published a letter chastising the NHL for violence and being mean. And there were, Fans that applauded it. So you want to talk about embarrassing? There was a team that wrote a letter, a public letter of outcry over the over the violence and their team being bullied. Oh. Like you want to talk about Karens in this world. But meanwhile, you're crying that Ice Wars is embarrassing? Are we serious? Look around you, man. How tone deaf are you? Or do you just put blinders on when it comes to the NHL? Because you're an NHL guy? Really? Holy shit. Like, you, you had people crying about Tyson Nash. When that kid for the Anaheim there was scoring the Michigans or whatever, then they started acting like goofs at the end of the game and Jay Beagle slapped the shit out of one of them and then the guy afterwards is doing the interview. It's not right that Jay Beagle did that. He had no right to do that. And he's almost like in tears that his little buddy got beat up. Well, it was because of you, dumbass. And then Tyson Nash is like, well, if you're going to hot dog and act like goofs, you get what you get. Oh, everyone cried about that. Oh yeah! Oh Jeff Merrick! Oh Mister Ice Guardians himself wasn't he on? Oh he was he was on Ice Guardians. How oh the history of fighting and everything else. He's doing sound bites for Scorgy and them. Oh he was on Twitter crying about Jay Beagle. Oh how things have changed, I guess. Seriously? Oh yeah, all these guys crying about it. You had ex players crying about what Tyson Nash said. Oh, I guess you can't have skill in the game if that's what he's saying. No, that's not what he's saying. You know what the fuck he's saying. Who are you? What boots are you licking? No, you act like a goof and you get what you get is exactly what he's talking about. And you know that. Uh, you know, what Leaf Girl 62 on Twitter doesn't. I expect her to not get it. Or Hurricane Boy 69. Yeah, I get he, Dumb shit. He's not going to get it. I'd like to think Ray Ferraro and Craig Simpson would, but clearly they didn't. Or like I said, the Ice Guard or the Ice Guardians guy would get it, and clearly he didn't either. You know, embarrassing. But yeah, but Ice Wars is embarrassing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, b- a bunch of guys fighting at the River Creek Casino that happens to be on ice wearing MMA gloves, but you're gonna call it hockey. And somehow it's just a, it's a slight to Terry O'Reilly and Stan Jonathan and Bob Gassoff. Oh, okay. Sure. Dial the drama down. You know. <laughs> that, that horse left the barn years ago, man. 
Yeah, Ice Wars is the blemish on the sport. Oh yeah, Ice Wars is. Oh, if you've been watching this shit for the last 15 years. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, Ice Wars is the problem. Oh god. And like I said, I wouldn't have said anything about this. If it was some 17-year-old saying that. Because I don't know any different anyway. This dude's older than I am. He's been around. And it's not just him. I mean, I've I've seen a bunch of people saying it. It's just like... Hey, if you don't like the event, that's fine. I get it. I get why people don't. Yeah, it's a shit show. Yeah, yeah, it is. Whatever. But you somehow think this is hurting hockey's reputation. Oh, God. Get over it. So and so what? So what? Do you really think these hockey Twitter nerds that love oh, we and us and they're discussing the the left shot defenseman and their first pass analytics? Do you think they're watching Ice Wars? Do you think they know anything? They don't know what Ice Wars is or what's going on. They're not paying any attention to this. I think they're listening to this show or. Alec Five for Fighting podcast. You think they're listening to any of this shit? Oh, Christ, no. We're just... We're Grandpa Simpson over here to them. And, you know, and in probably in a lot of ways, they're right. But at the same time, I look at their show and I just hear ignorant horse shit. That they just regurgitate with the hockey news that the Athletic told them. I, I Not a word of a lie... There was somebody talking about, the, with the draft coming up here, they were talking about some some prospect. And some guy, I read it, I laughed. And he's just Joe Blow on Twitter, just Jim Smith from Ontario, whatever, just some fan. You know, Leaf fan and whatever, the Raptors and whatever. He was talking about, it was some kid in... He was an American, I think he was a college kid. No, he was, no, he played in the USHL, I think. Junior A in the States somewhere, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Anyway, he, he really, and he used it, he, I loved it, I loved it, I laughed my ass. I laughed for five minutes. I read his thing and he goes, oh, that's the one thing I love about Billy, the defenseman here, his compete meter. He actually said this. I'm like, did this guy actually say that with a straight face? I mean, we use the compete meter around the shop, like, as a joke. Like, oh, we, oh, look at Pete here. He's going today. Look at that. Oh, look, look at the compete meter today. And we laugh about it. This dork was serious when he, and you know he's sitting around doing his own little scout, scouting things. And he's using every cliche that he's heard on every intermission panel. See, the thing is, the guy that's saying that is like either a GM or he's a scout or he's an ex-player. He knows what he, like, he's using the slang. But I could tell you old Pete from Scarborough here on Twitter has no idea what this guy is talking about when he's talking about, like, compete meter and all this. But he's heard it on a bunch of, you know, he heard it on Leafs Lunch a few times you know, and oh yeah, so he's throwing that into his everyday lexicon. Yeah, compete meter. I loved it. I was like, oh my god. And then some girl comes on and he says, she types up like some bold thing, like, oh, I'll show the world here. Yeah, do you know who really gets analytics? Tampa Bay and Colorado. Think about that. Oh, okay. What are we thinking about? Every team does. Every team has an analytics department, so I don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry, number geeks. You 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 took over. You found a way to weasel your way into the game. All you calculator goofs, but from baseball to football to hockey, every pro team, hell, junior teams have analytics now. I laugh though. She boldly writes it like somehow she's making some huge statement. Like, see these. These are the two teams that use analytics, and they're in the final. Told you. You know, and then you click on her profile. Oh, of course, she has some analytic company, and oh, she's a contributor for this and that, and oh, yeah. She's got a little blue check mark. Oh, yeah. Hire her to all your analytics data entry or whatever. It's like, okay. 
like you're making some big you're making some big push for analy- chalk another one up for the analytics people. I always love it. It's us versus the old man, the old men, the old hockey men versus the analytics people. <laughs> no, it's not. You've made it that way in your minds. You somehow think this is some big war. They know they have an anal- every team's got an analytic department. They're using them. The only difference is, is analytic people like to think that the whole world and the whole sport revolves around whatever formula calculation that they came up with. Whereas like hockey guys could tell you, uh, by watching how a player plays, there's an eye test. Well, those don't work anymore. Yeah, yeah, they kind of do. But they'll mix it in with some of the numbers. And they come to the conclusion. Like, y'all, y'all want to act like you reinvented the wheel. You know what the problem is, though, with the numbers and everything else? You know, I'll, well, I'll go back to the baseball. It's like, yeah, it's like literally everything is so overcoached now. I mean, God forbid somebody throw more than 80 pitches. I was watching the Jays game the other day. Guys cruising along. No, I think he's only given up three hits. Pitching a three-hit shutout. Oh, yeah, they got to pull him. He gets one out in the one inning, and then it's like, oh, yeah, they got to bring in the you know the, the lefty. Oh, yeah, and who proceeds to, you know, gives up two hits in a row. Then they bring in another guy who gives up a three-run bomb. It's like, oh, well, probably should have left the other guy in who was throwing the three-hit shutout, you'd think. But, no. Oh, he's at 80 pitches, and... You know, this guy, this guy hits really well with the, in the dome with the lights on when the wind's going east to left or left to right. And, uh, you know, and it's on Tuesdays, like, oh yeah, I don't know. It's everything's just so overcoached, overanalyzed the numbers. Sometimes they get way too cute for themselves and they rely way too much on this shit. And it's just like, just see how he's doing. How's he going? It just go that way. But the same thing, it's like these numbers, it's like, oh, we're going to build a team based on my calculator. It's like, no, you know, like I said, some of that, some of that helps, but without a doubt, but no, it's, it's like everything. There was a great line one time about analytics. It's like, it's like a bikini shows you a lot, but not everything. Yeah. Same. But yeah, I loved her. Yeah. Think about that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trailblazer, man, trailblazer. But I don't know what, what you know. It's at the fifty-minute mark. I don't know if I have much more to say. Oh, yes, I do. Ha ha! My old friend Shane Guilfoyle. Uh, he used to run the history of hockey. Um, he is he's gone. He is no, he's not gone. I'm not trying to. He's dead and buried or anything. Um, but he no longer has the podcast. But um, it was a list that I had. Of course, my Tim. I got a list for you. Well, kind of. Tim's been really, I know he's been chomping at the bit here for a list, but it's not so much a list. It's more of uh, Shane's Mount Rushmore. The Colorado Avalanche, tough guy Mount Rushmore. And um, I didn't even know I had this. And I just saw the, the um, it was the milehighsticking.com. Tough guy Mount Rushmore was the link. So I clicked on it and I just, I was scrolling and I noticed, uh, yeah, Shane wrote this. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I like Shane. Let's see what Shane had to say. He had a great pot. His podcast was outstanding. Um, the amount of time and effort he put into it was unreal. Um, uh, yeah, well, here we go. S- several months ago, I was a guest on an enforcer-centric podcast, Five for Friday podcast. I, I was asked to name my top five enforcers of all time, despite my awareness of being a guest on an enforcer-based podcast that... Pardon me. The question took me by surprise. In fact, I'm ashamed to admit it. It tied me up and hit me in the head like Probert on McSorley. I stumbled and tripped and hummed and hawed my way through it, my gaff of an answer, and pretty much just embarrassed myself. I freely admitted I'm no expert in fights or fighters, but my terrible answer haunts me so much so that I'm writing this article several months later. Now we can, now we come to the purpose of this post. Who are my favorites that I put on my Mount Rushmore of Colorado slash Quebec Nordique fighters. So why not a top five? Why not take a second crack at the task given to me on that podcast? Well, because everyone has a Mount Rushmore of something, right? 
Uh, but this, this really, I chose a famous monument for the exact reason. It has but four spots. This makes the exercise all that much more difficult. In my quest to redeem myself, if only in my own eyes, I need some criteria for my favorite guys. I know that it's going to be a gut level, but I felt I needed more info to present here. Simply saying, these guys are my favorites makes for a rather short article. What is this each player's worthiness based on exactly? To answer that question, I brought in some help. <clears throat> After some reduced price consultations with a couple friends who are huge fight fans, the following criteria was set in place. Heart, toughness, pims, and longevity. Wins are great, but I also love a dude who will just answer the bell. Pims with the franchise. It shows how busy they were during their tenure. Longevity, playing with and fighting for the franchise because I don't want to pick a guy who played six games. Alright? The Face of the Mountains, of course, appear in no particular order. This isn't a one through four ranking. Judging who is the best of the best this isn't something I can do. I'll leave that up to you, all the readers. Here we go. Shane Gilfoyles, Colorado Avalanche slash Quebec Nordiques, Mount Rushmore. First, we have Dale Hunter. Played for the Quebec Nordiques from 1980 to 1987, and then with the Avalanche from 98-99. During his tenure with the Nordiques, he played in 500 games, added uh, 67 in the postseason. He notched an eye-popping, perhaps literally, 1,800 penalty minutes. In Denver, he ranked th- in 31 games after being acquired from Washington. He ranked up 55 penalty minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, what, uh, you know, what is he, the third most penalized player of all time? And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and, well, a solid player, too. He had over 1,000 points and 3,500 penalty minutes. So, yeah, that's that's a good pick. I agree. Uh, next, we have a chiseled cheekbones in the rock of Cody McLeod. Uh, ever since his time in the Manitoba League, he's been ranked He's ranked in the PIMS. His NHLW came with Colorado in 2007. He had 59 appearances and 146 minutes in the box. Uh, though he's never much of a points threat, it doesn't matter. He's happy caving in someone's head for the team. When it came to actual fighting, McLeod didn't care if fisticuffs came at the opening face-off in the dying seconds of the game. I really enjoyed watching the guy smack around whoever needed it. McLeod netted 1,460 penalty minutes. Um, stayed on the Avalanche permanently from 08 until moving on to Nashville in 2017. During his time at the Avs, this man gave just about everything he had that was asked for him. Uh, yeah, man, Cody McLeod, and to think that guy still played. He guy played this season. As I'm saying it, did he not? Yeah, he, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he played the last three seasons there with the Iowa Wild. They had like 150 minutes this year. Yeah, he's still swinging, man. I um, I dig Cody McLeod. Like I said, I watched him in the dub and stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm that's good picks, man. So far, I'd agree. Yeah, like you said, with longevity and everything. Yeah, yep. The next one I'd carve on the mountain, Adam Deadmarsh. Hmm. Or final year in Quebec. See, that's the other thing with this, folks. Um, with these, with these, li- I don't go through the lists beforehand. I always say, whenever I do these lists, I'm, I, I'm discovering these with you guys. So you're getting my, um, uh, genuine reaction. Um, see, that's why I didn't know Cody McLeod hadn't played. It was, if he was playing or not anymore, I would have done that ahead of time. Um, yeah, so this is my genuine reaction as uh, I'm hearing this along with you guys for the first time. So, um, Deadmarsh played for the organization from its final year in Quebec until 2001 when he was dealt to the LA Kings for Rob Blake. Uh, Deadmarsh appeared in a total of 541 games the organization and earned 800 penalty minutes. Um, yeah, Deadmarsh is interesting. Um Man, uh, Matt, well, I always think about him. I just feel that I feel bad for him. That tough knockout he took from Joe Vanowski. I know that really did a lot of damage to him. I know he had a you know real tough concussion from that, and uh, it took a long time for him to battle back. But even when he came back, I'll give him credit. The first time they played Vancouver again, he fought Joe Vanowski. Um, yeah, he's a first round pick, real solid player. You know, twenty some goal guy all the time, hundred minutes, power forward. Um. Yeah, Deadmarsh was solid, solid career, and um, you know, I, I it, it's uh, this is just me personally. Um, it, it's one of those guys I always sort of I, I sleep on Deadmarsh a lot. Like I don't uh, like when people talk about top power forwards or whatever. I always sort of forget about him. Um, I didn't actually realize he played five hundred six. I didn't realize he played that many games. I thought his career got 
Um, not that I was wishing it was or anything, but I, I, I thought his career got cut a lot shorter than that. Like, if somebody had said Dead Marsh, I would have thought he only played, like, 300 and some games. I forgot about the, you know, the years in L.A. I forgot he played for L.A. at all. I actually, yeah, for some reason I thought he actually, his career ended in, like, I always thought he's a Colorado guy. I forgot about, now that I'm saying this, I remember L.A. now, but, yeah, off the top of my head, not initially. Um, but, yeah, again, I remember him from Portland on those dub tapes, and, uh, you know, tough guy in Portland. I know the one year there he had, I think he had 100 points in 200 minutes. Um yeah, man, I'm, I'm, da- he wasn't the biggest guy, but, um, just a solid player. Um, I, I don't know, maybe overall he, you know, maybe Colorado wishes he maybe have scored, he could have scored more. Um, you know, but cause I think he was just like a, well, here I'm looking at his stats now. Yeah, it was like 20, uh, 33, 22, 22, 18. Yeah, so I mean, he never put up the 40 or 50 goal year or anything, but, um, well, now I'm looking at his junior stats. He didn't put up 50 in junior either. I thought he did. Um, best totals were 43 one year. But yeah, 43 goals, 99 points, 212 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his draft year. Um, yeah, but he's just a real solid player. And, uh, yeah, I, I like, I like Dead Marsh as a player. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, unfortunately had some head issues and, uh, yeah, I think he obviously retired early. But, um, yeah, Dead Marsh. Interesting pick, Shane. Who do you got for number one? Scott, the Sheriff Parker. There you go. One way you can say, down here, this dude was straight up murder. No one, uh, there's no one he wouldn't fight. He spent parts of six seasons in Colorado. He was well known for the huge tough guys in team history. He's most well known, in fact. That could be said that all the damage during his tenure. Uh, 237 games, he piled 538 minutes. Um, Parker, for my money, redefined barbarianism, barbarianism, also from the above mentioned film. Oh, he's talking about Ice Guardians. He discusses his training measure, uh, regiment. Oh yeah, he wrapped, wrapped his knuckles in chains and punched trees. Um, uh, another, for, it's interesting with Scott Parker, uh, as I said last week, I had Daniel Amesbury on the show. And, um, when he played for the Denver Cutthroats in the Central League, um, Scott Parker actually came to some of the games and would come out in the ice and practice with them. And him and Amesbury, uh, you know, he got, Parker showed him a few fighting techniques and he said they were vicious, man. Some of the shit Parker was showing him. And he's like, I won't talk about too much of it on the air, but he did mention a couple and, uh, pretty vicious. Yeah. Parker was a vicious dude, man. And he was, when you're fighting, you were fighting. There was no good luck, bro. And bum taps after it was all business, but, uh, Parker's a bad dude, man. So there you go. Shane Guilfoyle's Mount Rushmore, Dale Hunter, Adam Deadmarsh. Scott Parker, and, um, yeah, it was, um, and, and Cody McLeod. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, what are you going to do? I, I'm not going to really argue. I mean, ah, if you wanted to get into the call, the Quebec, I mean, you could have brought up Gore Donnelly or, you know, Jim, you know, whatever. Um, you know, Chris Simon, I might have had Chris Simon on there, but again, he wanted to throw in the longevity part. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, uh, there, everybody has their list that they would do. I mean, you have a twist and Kimball and all that stuff. And, uh, but again, I don't think the longevity part was there. So, um, I'm like completely drawing a blank on like Nordique spiders right now. Um, I don't know why. Uh, ah, anyway. Uh, it's, it's late folks. It's that's, it is now 1218. So, uh, forgive me for uh, not being, uh, sharp and on top of my game at this, at this particular juncture in the evening. But, um, yeah, how about we wrap it up? Um, actually now that I'm thinking about it, did I even get into the sponsors? Uh, well, I'm doing the sponsors at the end. No, like I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, there's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a podcast for you. And of course, Alec, I know I should have said this at the start of the show. Now I'm wondering if I did or not. Ah, I'm not going to go back and check. If I did, you're getting it twice. But, uh, Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast, um, he just had a, a returning guest in Nico Blashman. Great interview. Uh, he talked about his first season in the East Coast League. Of course, he was tied for the East Coast League in fights and uh, basically just go over his fights and some of the incidents that happened and just his feeling on his first year as a pro. And it was an enjoyable interview and a good, yeah, tough kid. And I enjoyed it. And uh, and Alec has been doing great things with his uh, his YouTube channel, 
uh, yeah, hopefully his sticks around. Uh, five for fighting on YouTube. Uh, check it out. Subscribe to the channel. Um, he, he put up, basically just started this year and he's put up all the East Coast League fights that have come from this year. And, uh, and he's just starting to put out some compilations. He just put out the best of, uh, you know, 21, 22 East Coast League and, uh, Nico Blackman's, uh, career fights is his, this year's fights for him. And so yeah, definitely, uh, subscribe to his channel. Check it out. Uh, his podcast, tremendous. Like I said, you know, I, I hate giving him credit, but I will. But, uh, he has a tremendous back catalog, though. By Lois, Segroy, uh, Rob Ray, Ken Tasker. Definitely give it a listen. Get, check it out. Does a great job. For a young kid, like I said, I always yell at those damn kids, but, uh, he, he's got the, uh, he's got the old timers, uh, passion for it anyway. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's cool to see. So, but yeah, Five for Fighting podcast. Check it out. And for myself, uh, yeah, my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. As well as Fourth Line Voice on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, give me a follow. Um, I'm always putting up videos and pictures and that type of thing. And uh, like I said, if, you, if you're on there, drop me a line through direct message. If you're not on social media, uh, email me. Hockeyfights at Hotmail.com. Send me an email um, with suggestions or <laughs> uh, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, I'm, I always love to hear from you guys. And um, yeah, and other than that, guys, that's about it. Um, as I always said, I know there's a million podcasts out there to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to this one, I thank you. And um, I greatly appreciate that you took the time to listen. And like I said, uh, I do two shows a week, Wednesday and Sunday. And uh, I, like, I know, that, like I said, there's a million podcasts. And uh, if you want to, if I'd be uh, honored if you'd throw the fourth line voice into your listening rotation. And uh, I'm always, I'll try to do as trying to get guys lined up to do some interviews, get some fellow fight fans on here. And, uh, like I said, just, uh, you know, as the, as the season almost wrap, a couple more games here and then, uh, you know, the dog days of summer and, uh, but I'll be here and, uh, uh, throwing, you know, like I said, if I have guests on, we'll find out a topic. Hey, the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament's coming up here soon. We'll be talking about that. Of course, I have some guests, um, lined up here hopefully we just got to pick a time and uh record and uh in the meantime please check out the back catalog i've interviewed a lot of great guys and i think you'd get a kick out of checking them out so uh other than that guys i gotta get out of here i'm getting giddy and i gotta go work tomorrow morning too so uh yeah never ends sunday morning but uh anyway guys thank you very much and i will talk to you cats on wednesday thanks everybody And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 